It ain't playing. Huh. Here we go. Welcome to the Court of Three podcast with Spencer and Lisa Breedlove. We are so happy that you are with us today. Lisa, you got this look on your face like... I'm just laughing. I just... I have to... I just have to set this up for people. Um... If you know anything about Spencer and how he has a deep love for technology, <clears throat> my dining room has been turned into a studio. Uh, uh, in my studio. Yes, studio. Yes. Y'all remember Spongetta. Okay, so Spencer, we have wires, cords. You should have seen the boxes that Amazon was delivering to my house this week. We have gadgets with... Now, intro music and um, <laughs> applause. Uh, we have, we both have these large boom mics. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for like spotlights and, um, well, I'm sure that's in the works, people. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, this is all atmosphere and, and we want to do it well, right? Mm hmm. Well, yeah, we definitely want to do it well, but I I got most of this equipment to capture stories. Right. With your FCA. With yes. FCA mm-hmm. and uh, for my area and for my staff. And it's a, uh, I think it's just a cool way to be able to broadcast what, what, what the Lord's doing mm-hmm. with coaches and athletes and just being able to have some. FCA stories of, of life change. So it's fun. I kind of feel like I'm on the radio. It really is cool. I did want to do that at one time. I did do it on the radio. I did when When I was in high school. Oh, well we, I helped my buddy, I helped my buddy Chris cook out at his daddy's radio station. It was an AM radio station in Conyers, Georgia. I don't think I knew that. Yes. Really? Yes. What would y'all do? Like, Sports? Well, or? we played music. Oh, okay. So, and then we, every now and then we'd be live, but for the most part it was pre-recorded Recorded, type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at. But we hung out in the studio. So, at ACS, they would have morning announcements and like a devotional, and I really enjoyed doing that. Like, a lot of people, it would make them nervous and they didn't want them to to be asked to do it, but um, I would volunteer for it. And um, Mr. Cummings even gave me the nickname of the golden voice oh. of WACS. <laughs> <laughs> and I would do a devotion and maybe say a prayer, do announcements and more. I did, you have a, did you have a, like a little bell that you called everybody's attention like with? Like in Greece? Like in Greece? No, I did not. Ding, no. ding, ding, no. ding. <laughs> we were missing that. <laughs> So this is kind of, yeah, this is kind of cool. Well, we are glad to be back. And Lisa, did you have some things that you wanted well, to yes. introduce us with? I was going to talk about kind of what we've been doing here. Most recently, we've kind of had a concentrated effort with our third child, Elizabeth, and driving yes that stage when they 
are able to get behind the wheel of a vehicle and you are guiding and teaching and praying and (laughs) holding on and that's where we are again we've done it with two boys and we're there now with her you've you've kind of taken over as her yeah and every every kid's been different oh yes Tyler Tyler did fine and then he got a then he got busted doing a massive amount of speed Mm mm-hmm and then he had to go and take a defensive driving class. He did. And then. But he was a pretty good driver he, from J- the beginning. Tyler's been a really good driver. He had some good instincts. Yeah, he's been a really good driver. Jared. Mm. Well, I don't know if Jared was distracted or Jared just or is, is so focused on I got to get there. Yeah. Like the end point that. Maybe he misses some of those other things of speed. Yeah, I'm amazed he's still alive. I know. We we do say that the Lord has saved him from death a few times. A few times. Yes, a few times. Yes. We're very thankful. And then but now, Jared is a, he's good now. But Jared wasn't easy to coach on the on the driving. Now, Tyler was pretty easy to coach on the driving. Elizabeth, she's done really well. She has. She's done really she well. We even got to coach her on, or I coached her on how to back up my Ram pickup truck. Big, yes. And I she don't did even it. Know how to do that? She did it. She's done it well several times. She parked mm-hmm. in an empty parking spot, mm-hmm. and then she parked beside a car, and then she parked between two cars, mm-hmm. and then when she came to pick us up at church Wednesday, I had her drive the mm-hmm. car down towards the. And she just chose Building. to back it in. And she just backed it right in, right between the parking spots. Did an awesome job. But I do have some specific lessons. So, well, I was going to say we we would make a good driving school. Call we it could the, have our call it D one. You can't steal that from. I'd work out. with. We call it B one. Oh, B one. We do B one driving school, and we could then say a good driver, and I could handle all the, you know. Extra things mm-hmm. about driving. Get oh, yeah. out of the left lane. Go the speed limit. <laughs> right. Use your blinker. <laughs> right. You can do all that. So, yeah. so what would your what would your three things? I have three this things. Is what you've told yes. I have three things okay. when it comes to um, driving. Number one, keep it between the lines. That's good. Keep it between the lines. That's necessary. Very. Mm-hmm. Don't drift. Keep it between the lines. Mm-hmm. Number two, don't be stupid. Ooh. That captures everything. That might be one they have to work on. That captures everything. Don't be stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, what about what about going a little bit over the speed limit? Right. Well, it, well, if you're going too fast over the speed limit, that's stupid. Right. If you run a right. if you run a yellow light, thinking it's yellow but it's really red, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. If you're riding 10 feet behind a car that's doing 70 miles an hour, that's stupid. Right. If they slam the brakes on. Not coming to a complete stop at a stop sign. Yeah. Correct. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. It, it, Your favorite is pulling out in front of a vehicle oh. that has their blinker on. Oh, yeah. Do you not trust, trust a blinker. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That should be really a, a number four. On here, don't well, trust a blinker, it but goes that's under stupid. The stupid it, right? Yeah, you if said it all goes under. Don't be stupid. If you're trusting a blinker, that's stupid. 
Guys, so, so keep it between the lines. You keep it between the lines. Don't, Don't be, be stupid. stupid. Third. Watch for stupid. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stupid. Others there's a lot of stupid people mm-hmm. in the world that are behind the wheel that mm-hmm. should not be behind the wheel. True. And you got to watch for stupid. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Always be alert. Did thinking, you, looking. You told Lizzie, look down the road. Yeah, that was something my dad taught me was... Mm-hmm. When you're driving, you want to make sure your eyes are about 200 yards down the road. You have a clear picture of what's going on way in front of you so you can stop in time in case you need to. Um, But you've also got to be aware of what's in front of you. And what he was coaching me on is when you're behind this massive amount of weight, you know, in a car or a truck, then you've got to be ready to stop and evade or avoid any type of collision. Um, so when we're driving, I'm constantly asking her questions, mm-hmm. seeing what her response would be. You know, if a deer ran out in front of you, what would you do? Well, I'd put on the brakes. Would you serve? Would you swerve? No. What would you do if you couldn't stop in time? I'd run right over it. Exactly. Good answer. Mm-hmm. So the cars can be fixed and repaired or replaced. Human beings can't. So... That's good. Those are three good yeah, driving simple. points. Y'all yeah. feel free to use them with yeah. your 15, 16-year-old. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say, as Spencer and I talk about, you know, kind of the days leading up to when we're going to record our podcast, and we'll kind of discuss and throw around things that are on our mind and, you know, banter with each other. And <laughs> I did throw this out that, hey, this is what's going on right now. We're... Um, driving a lot with Elizabeth and she's about to get her license soon and um, all that that entails and Spencer's parents were here visiting with us this weekend and his mom quickly after hearing Spencer's three points of driving school keep it between the lines don't be stupid and watch out for stupid his mom quickly added well son I remember very clearly you being stupid (laughs) would you like to share no, no. I just told my mom. I just Spencer put, got a few tickets. I just put my I just put my hand up towards my mom. Said, "Mom, that's enough. We don't need any more." But yes, I was very stupid. We all could probably say that, and we've learned. Oh, I've had tickets. Yeah. One doing eighty and a forty-five. Oh. Um, that'd be super speed. I got seventy-five and a fifty-five. But before I was doing the seventy-five and the fifty-five, I was actually doing about ninety, ninety-five in my Camaro. And I was neck and neck with a Mercedes Benz heading west on I twenty. Yeah, I yeah. Stupid. I was being stupid. Stupid. And I had people in the car. Oh my goodness, that's even worse. Yeah, it was terrible. I was being stupid. I even got a ticket in a church van. I'm glad you've. Yes, you did. You remember that? I do remember. That was in South Carolina. Youth ministry. In Charleston on a mission trip. Well, I'm glad you've learned your lessons. Now, Spencer's. Nickname is Captain Safety. Cap, yeah, he that does was not speed a lot. Affectionately known as Captain <laughs> Safety from my children. So, but yes, those are those three driving points. You can drive them home to your kids. Ooh. Hold them accountable. All right, Lisa, yes. you are in a leadership group, a cohort group mm-hmm. at your school. And y'all are reading a book 
that uh, you guys are walking through, and I know that you are being you're getting ready to talk about uh, this to lead the group this Thursday when y'all meet. Um, what exactly are you reading, and what will y'all be talking about this week? We have been going through um, for several months now that we've been meeting just once a week. Uh, at school, we've been going through a book by Al Mohler, and the name of it is The Conviction to Lead. And like Spencer said, just a, a great foundational book on leadership and all that being a leader encompasses. And, um, you know, keys that uh, you have to have conviction and what are those convictions those come from your faith and your beliefs and then how do you uh, walk that out as you lead others no matter if it's an organization or a team or whatever so our next chapter has to do with decision making and kind of the subtitle for that it says that um, leaders have to have the trusted ability to decide. And so I was asking you, you know, what would you say to someone that says, well, how do I make a decision? Like what is a um, kind of a framework for making decisions? And I had never really thought about that as far as maybe breaking it down into a framework of making decisions. So the chapter really um, made me think about that, and I loved his points in here. He said, first of all, you know, it's kind of this pre-work that you you determine does a decision really need to be made. I mean, sometimes you just let things um, run their course, and it's not like you really have a major decision to make. But when there is a major decision, he actually gave – um, six uh, points that kind of frame how to make a good decision, how to make a decision in a position of leadership. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. It is. It's it's and each one, you know, there's there would be maybe sub points under each one, but all six. What are, what are the main points? I agree. I, I mean, I, I really, as I've read them and, and studied and thought about them, I really agree. So the first one it says define reality. What is true? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, second, you identify alternatives. You can't just consider the options. Yes. Go in and say, well, this is what we're doing. You have to think. What would some other possibilities be? Third, you apply analysis. And I like, I like this one. I'm going to analyze, um, you know, the, again, that's maybe gathering some information, um, talking to trusted people. Um, and it says, I love this, it says, convictional analysis must be rigorous, explicit, and open. And, and I think a lot of times people don't really want to analyze. They just want to skip that one maybe. Um, They're probably going off of just their feelings. Yes, and he does in, in the beginning of the chapter he talks about, and he will many times refer through history um, some of these prominent leaders that we know of and have watched them in times of war or national disasters, and he will point out that you can't be fully emotionally led 
but you can't take emotion all the way out of the equation either because it, there in your emotion lies your convictional beliefs. So mm -hmm. you're going to be passionate about that. So you can't take emotion out altogether. Fourth, pause for reflection. Mm. And that's important. That's not a, a set time that I have to give three days or whatever, but you must take the time. All those points before you think back over them. You spend time in reflection, what brought you to this point. And then he says, that's really where the leader comes in. Once you've had that reflection, you press on. You press on if you're thinking this is um, still a decision that has to be made. Fifth, make the decision and make it count. And he says, one of the most important things, take the responsibility. Either way, it falls to the leader. So make it. If you've gotten to that point after you've, you know, gone through the process of these other steps, make your decision, make it count, make it known. Um, don't be wishy-washy. No, don't acquiesce. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. And sixth, he said, which I thought this was one, maybe I wouldn't have thought to add in. He said, review after you've made that decision, review that process that you went mm -hmm. through and learn from it for the next time you're going to be faced with a major decision to make. Did he talk anything about pleasing people in there? Well, yes. And he says, uh, one of the components, you've got to have some trusted people um, in your corner for wise advice and discernment. Mm -hmm. But... Leaders are not people pleasers. If if you're mm. in it to please people, you're not really a leader. You're just maybe a puppet. Oh, I would like to say, or a face of the, you know, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say you're really a leader if you're in it to please people because you can never please everyone, mm -hmm. and that's why a leader that has to make the decisions. And it's not going to please everyone. But again, if you go about it the right way, I think even when people maybe would say they maybe didn't necessarily agree with your decision or didn't um, maybe really understand it, if you go about it the right way and um, inform them maybe and, and give some insight into the processes and how you arrived at that decision, I think they can still respect you, even if they disagree. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's a good thing. I can't say that all my leaders I've always agreed with. every Because a lot of times I don't even know all the ins and outs to even make a, you know, a, what am I trying to say? A, a good judgment on that because mm -hmm. I don't know everything that they know, but I respect them because I trust them as my leaders. And that's what he's saying. You have to have that trusted ability and that's earned and it's earned even more when you make mm -hmm. good decisions and when you make right decisions, then that trust is solidified even more. Yeah. When you're leading with a people pleasing mindset, mm -mm. the squeaky wheel is going to get the oil. And that takes up your attention from things 
that probably really don't need your attention. You know, you're so I'm saying your focus shifts off of maybe the whole of the organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it brings you. It brings you down. A minor issue. Yeah, it brings you down to the 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 micro issues, not mm-hmm. the macros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it'll. It, it can impact you greatly. It'll, this is just it'll be a, a great lid. book. I would recommend it for anyone in a position. So you're leading the you're position. leading the group this Thursday. Yes, yes. We we've all taken turns. I haven't had a turn yet, and um, we've all taken turns that we read about two chapters a week, and then we come back and facilitate the discussion. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Well, I'm I'm excited about you having that opportunity. Thanks. I'm glad that your school values you as I'm a leader. Thankful. I'm very thankful because you're a leader, and they invest in us. Yes, mm-hmm. to to build that. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful. Yeah, me too. Me too. So what next? What well, we got next? let's see. I was thinking um, just about people and their lives and um, kind of what we see going on in society right now. And I thought, you know, just kind of a, a question, what would be the most underdeveloped part of a person's life that you notice as a leader and a person that's in the community and around a lot of people. Um, what would you say would be the most underdeveloped part? Hands down, it's going to be their spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and I say that because people may, um, people may, focus on another part of their life. They may focus on the physical. They may focus on the relational sides of their of their lives. But when you think of how we are created in the image of God, there is a we are spirit beings. We are made with a spirit. Mm-hmm. And we are made in the image of God. We are made to know God. And I believe that is where most people are the most malnourished when it comes to spiritual growth. If that's what we were made for. If that's what right, we're made for. It seems that we neglect and and I think, I that, think a lot of times not even on purpose that people neglect. It. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think that not you're right, not even on purpose people do neglect it because they think that something else is more important or something else right. is going to satisfy whatever need that they have or urgent or exactly. Mm-hmm. So some other reasons that I think that the most underdeveloped part of a person's life is their spiritual growth is uh-huh. some people have this mindset that they don't need God. Mm-hmm. They don't need God. They don't need the church. They don't need Christians. They don't need God, um, only in times of trouble. I was going to say, do you think that's more, that comes more if I'm 
comfortable. I, I'm making a living. I have a good job. I have what I need. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and they've done it all. And so there is this belief, I work this hard. mindset, mm-hmm. Hey, I earned that. I did this. I did this. I did this. And why do I need God? Mm-hmm. Because if I, if I turn my life over to God or whatever, then he's just going to take all this stuff away from me. Yeah. You know, or in some people, some people have this idea of, Oh, if I, if I do that, then God's going to send me to Africa or God's going to send me somewhere else, you right. know, uh, that I don't really want to go Maybe and give everything up. Or, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so they there's feel this, that they don't I don't need him. A need. Although that's what we were created. But that's what we're created for. That's sad. And they're constantly pursuing, filling that need. You're created for relationship, mm-hmm. not just with people, but you're created for relationship with God. You're creator. And you, and the majority of people in the world today, and the reason I say that is because Scripture is pretty clear that the that the road is narrow, mm-hmm. um, which means not everybody's going to believe, but everybody's created to know God. Mm-hmm. But a majority of people just think I don't need Him. Mm. What I else? don't need Him. Um, I think most people. I think there's a lot of people that say I don't believe God. Um, maybe they've been hurt. Maybe there has been, uh, they've been hurt by a church or they've been, you know, they've been hurt by, they, there, there's a grieving situation. They're in a, in a space where they're grieving something. Somebody's a loved one that's, mm-hmm. that's passed away and they passed away too early. And there's a lot of questions in their lives and, you know, they're just like, why would God do this? Why would a loving God do mm-hmm. something like this to me? How do I still trust? How, how do I, I take him at his word? Yeah. yeah. And so there's like, you know what? If this is the way God is, then I don't want no part of him. And so those are some mm-hmm. real things that people deal with and which exacerbate the problem to the lack of spiritual growth. And I call it a right. malnourished uh-huh. spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another reason is that people like to be in control. Yes. And they do not want to surrender that control to God, who is invisible. He's the invisible God, um, but yet His creation speaks of His glory, and we are um, that prize creation as human beings. We're created in His image, so we're able to see God through His creation, but. People do not like to relinquish control. And in order to trust in our Heavenly Father, you've got to relinquish control. Well, to say, I have a need. So those other, the first two you named, kind of are a byproduct of this Mm -hmm. one. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also a reason that people's spiritual growth is as stunted uh, as it is, as malnourished as it is, I believe that they think that going to church is enough. If I just attend a if service. I just go to church. Some, yeah. And here's how I have um, equated that with other people that have had that uh-huh. thought. Uh, I go to church on Sunday. Right. And I said, well, let me ask you this. Let's put this in context of eating. Mm-hmm. Let me, 
when you eat, how many meals a day do you eat? Some people say three, some people say five, five yeah. you know, three to five meals a day. Okay. What if you just ate one meal a week? You pick your day. I don't care what day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday. You pick your day. You pick the day that you're going to eat a big meal. And you don't eat anything else until the following week at the same time. Mm-hmm. At the same place. You eat at that point. Are you going to be hungry between that time and the next time you eat? Sure. Why? Because it's not enough. It ain't enough. But the other thing is the body needs fuel. The body needs the food. It needs it needs the nutrition and and it craves it. It needs that fuel to 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 do what we do every single day. Mm. And people think that just going to church on a Sunday morning is enough fuel to get them to the next week. And it's not. The fuel that we need as spiritual people needs to be taken in every single day, every day. Whether you listen to the scripture on a, on an app or whether you sit down and read the scripture and I'm not knocking devotional books. I love devotional books. I think they're great. I grew up on devotional books, but there ain't no better devotional book than the Bible. And when we sit down with the scripture, well, the devotional books are God. Well, yes. yeah, the devotional books are God. I mean, mm-hmm. one of my favorite devotional books was um, "My Utmost for His Highest." Mm-hmm. Solid book, solid theology, good stuff in it, but it's not the Bible. Right. You still have to go to the Word. It ain't the Bible, and so, but people think that going to church one day a week is enough, or some people think, "Well, I'm in a small group." Well, that. And I'll go to church on Sunday. That should be enough. It's not enough. You've got to take the time to feed yourself spiritually. You've got to grow up. You've got to get off of the milk, and you've got to get on the meat and potatoes personal, of God's yes. Word. you got to do it, and it's on you. It's on, it's on that person. You've got to do it. If you're going to grow spiritually, right. that's got to happen. You do need the corporate worship, and you need a small circle to yes. do life with but you have to have the personal time spent being still knowing god meditating yes and, and when it comes to him. prayer some people think well praying is for the pros <laughs> i don't know the words yeah yeah i mean yeah. It, it, they leave it up to the paid holy people <laughs> please no it I man god's designed us for relationship with him that means that we are designed to pray. Mm-hmm. We are made for prayer. Well, the Holy Spirit within us it yes. says, intercedes on our behalf, even when we don't have the words. So uh, stop with the excuses and the lameness and just like, start. Oh, okay, stop the whining. Just do it. Stop. The, just do it. Just start it. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't have to be uh, elaborate in your prayers. Your prayers just have to be desperate, mm-hmm. period. It's who you're praying to. It's yes. not the words you're saying. It's your heart, the posture of your heart to come to him with praise and thanksgiving for who he is, mm-hmm. what he has done, what he is doing, what he will do. Yes. Here's another reason that I think that 
people are spiritually malnourished. Mm -hmm. They're too busy. They're they're too busy. Ouch. Their kids are their priority, which that's not a bad thing to have your kids as your priority. We've had three. We have three kids. Our kids are our priority. But the mindset is that sports They're not have, the priority. But they're not the priority. No, yeah. You, you cannot, you can't get your things out of order. So, so just as an example in, in our culture, sports is a God. Yes. And it is definitely worshiped. Sports comes first. So if there is a schedule change, our culture is a sports first, God second culture. And that's being kind. Yeah. That's being, I'm, I'm saying yeah. that. Like, I'm being kind there. Well, that, that means, has to go with the, you, you know, you said too busy. So it's we overextend ourselves. We overextend our kids. We never give them a break and a rest. True. And teach them a Sabbath. True. They don't understand that. Mm -mm. No. They don't understand. No. And, and the cool thing, it, and I don't know if I've told you this, but I was doing a little study. You mentioned Sabbath. Uh -huh. Doing a little study on the Sabbath. Sabbath is actually a verb. Um, action. Yeah, it's an action. It's something that you do. It's something you take. And mm -hmm. it is also what is called a convocation. Uh -huh. It is a convocation where you are invited into the presence of God. Where God, you meet with God. Mm -hmm. God meets with you. That's the purpose like of church. But I'm going to tell you, every day there needs to be a part of your day. That I don't care if it's in you. the morning mm -hmm. or in the evening or at lunchtime, but there needs to be a convocation hmm. in your day. That's good. Where you meet with God and God meets with you. Priority. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you cannot be too busy. Something's got to t be said no to. Right. Because when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. And you got to, and this is from Andy Stanley's book, Choosing to Cheat. You got to choose to cheat. If I say yes to. On the right things. If yes. I, if I yeah. say yes to the right things, I'm saying no, you know, to the things that don't need my attention. Right. But if I'm saying yes to the things that I want to say yes to, who gets robbed? Right. Well, my family will get robbed. My ministry could get robbed. My body could get robbed. There's a lot of things that could get robbed. So we cannot be, you know, we cannot be too busy. We've got to take care of ourselves and our schedules. So, and then, and then here's the last thing I would say on that, on the answer to that question on, why are people malnourished on their spiritual growth? Why mm -hmm. are they not growing? Mm -hmm. It's because they have not practiced the most basic and most fundamental disciplines of the faith. And I'm specifically talking about Bible reading, prayer, and community. Mm -hmm. The most basic fundamentals mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. the, the disciplines of the faith. Bible reading, prayer, and community those are the, those are those three mm -hmm. I would agree 
So now as far as, you know, what can you do? So what can people do, right, to grow spiritually, to uh, get back on track if we recognize? I think the first step would recognize that you're a little malnourished. Mm -hmm. And, And all of us, even if we went and say we're malnourished, I think all of us, if we would be honest, would say as believers, I, I want to grow more. I, I don't want to be satisfied with yeah. where I am. I don't want to um, stay in this comfort zone. I want to grow deeper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for for the most part, for most people, there there's a desire yeah. to grow, but they just don't know how, how or where to start. Right. Or feel overwhelmed. Or they feel overwhelmed. Like mm-hmm. this is something that the... The, like I said a minute ago, like the paid holy people right. have got to do. Pastors know how to do the it. The pastors yeah. know how to do this. Right. Well, let me tell you something. I know pastors. I've been around pastors. I pray for pastors. Pastors need to hear this. Uh-huh. They're still figuring because it out, too. They they're still trying to figure this out. Yeah. They're still trying to figure out. walking the journey. Mm-hmm. The daily disciplines yes. of the faith. This is not for the faint of heart. It's not mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. Um, But it does take discipline that's discipline the, that's the word. it takes discipline all right so first thing i would say is in, in as far as what you can do lisa you mentioned it, you know recognize it yes. you know but then decide make the decision to grow mm-hmm. you commit to it yes and you take full responsibility of your spiritual growth, your spirituality. You take full that's responsibility. That's the one it falls on. Yes. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to do your quiet time no. for you. Ain't nobody going to pray pray your prayers for you. Nobody's going to do that for you. Um, nobody's going to sit down and read my Bible for me. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to press play when I'm reading the daily audio Bible. Nobody's going to force me nobody's gonna open my journal and journal in my book but at the same time i love to think about the flip side of that instead of just you know nobody's gonna do it if i don't do it the other side of but look what god has for me if we would just think about all that he wants to show us and tell us how he wants to grow my faith how Mm -hmm. he wants to um, strengthen my trust in him, how he wants to reveal more of himself and his character to me. Like that's what's in store. If I make this decision and commit, mm-hmm. there's a lot in store. Yeah. A lot. And it's, man, that, I mean, that Bible is filled with treasure that will change your life. Yep. It'll change your life. It'll change your heart. It'll change your mind. It'll change everything for you secondly and this is a phrase that this is a phrase that i heard for the first time when i was on the basic course Mm -hmm. in october and i was on the side of a mountain and i had a long way to go uh to get up to our uh up to the peak of where we were hiking and Nathan Hicks, friend of mine who was on that trip, was one of the instructors on that trip. This is the first time I ever heard him say this word, and I'm like, you know what <laughs> this 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 phrase really helps to capture the answer uh, an answer to this question on what uh-huh. can you to, what can you do to grow spiritually? Uh-huh. 
when I was on the side of that mountain and I was struggling just to put one foot in front of the other to get up the mountain, the one thing he told me, he said, Spencer, you got to embrace the suck. You got to embrace the suck. It's not always going to be this hard right now. You're going to get to the top. You just have to embrace the suck. I say that phrase not to say that it sucks to read read God's word, no. okay, or anything like but here's what, I, here's what I am saying. Embrace the suck because spiritual growth won't be easy. Right. Spiritual growth won't be easy. It will be weird and awkward because there are things that are changing. There are things, your mind is changing. Your heart is changing. Your mindset is changing. There are things that are changing. Your decisions are changing the way you're making decisions there's also things in your life where where god is knocking those rough edges off right okay i mean scripture's clear his his word is the word of god he is like prunes. a hammer it's like a hammer and it knocks off fire rock, it breaks it up tests, and rock. yeah yes um, brings the dross it's a uh-huh. yeah exactly Rises lots of there. examples you yes. will go through fire Yes. You will feel wounded. Mm-hmm. You will experience some heartache. So embrace the suck because nothing grows in comfort. Nothing will grow in comfort. Well, and weeds. Weeds will grow. Right. But gardens and crops yeah. that are fruitful yeah. and healthy don't. So if you want your faith to grow, mm. know this. Good. Your faith will be tested. Yep. And if your faith is being tested, embrace it. Mm. Embrace it because you're growing. Mm. You're growing. Don't get frustrated. Just embrace the suck. Ask him to show you what he's teaching you. And then, what does he want you to learn? And then turn that into a desperate prayer. Yes. yes. So uh, third is to trust the Lord. Mm. Trust the Lord. Um, he is for you. He wants to know you, and he loves you deeply. Mm. That's, that's that's pretty some good cool. truth. Yes. Uh, number five is be accountable. Be accountable. Yes. Excuse we me. Now about that's the that. fourth one. Not that's, the not that's the fifth. Four. It's number four right. is be accountable. And we talked about that. So you, you've got to have people. That's your community. Yep. You have to have people in your life that you are doing life with that can pray with you. Mm-hmm read scripture with you that you can be accountable to iron that sharpens iron. Yes. And then the last one is what I call the soap method. Yes. It is the way in which I journal. I've been journaling using the soap method, um, for many years now. Um, the soap method is the soap is an acrostic. S means scripture. O means observe. A is apply. P is prayer. And this is a method that, like I said, that I've used for years. Mm -hmm. And if you were to go back into my journal, you would see on the left side, S is scripture. And then I write out, this is the scripture that I read that morning. Uh All I do is I just write down the you know, if it's numbers 15, passage, I just write down the passage of scriptures I wrote, that I read. Then underneath that, I, and 
put an O because I know it stands for observe. And in the O, I'm basically answering two questions. I'm answering what does this passage say about God? And then what does this passage say about people? And then I just write down what I am reading, meaning I write down the thoughts. I write down uh, the truths that 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 come to mind. Or there may be a, a verse of Scripture um, that is very clear about who God is or who we are as people. And I just make a note of that in my in my journal and then a is for apply. So after I've read the scripture and after I have observed the scripture, there's always application. How do you live out this truth? You're answering that question. How do you live out the truth that you just read? You have to have a takeaway. What's your takeaway? And there's some application points that I will normally list out. Sometimes those are one thing. Sometimes it's a passage of scripture that I write because I'm re I'm usually reading in my, in my daily reading, I'm reading a book. I'm reading a passage in the old Testament, a passage in the new Testament and then Psalms and Proverbs. And by the end of this year, I will have read through the scripture, old Testament once new Testament once and the Psalms and Proverbs twice. And, there is always scripture to be read. There's always observations to be made. There's always applications to apply in my own life. And then finally, P is for prayer. And I write out a prayer. And sometimes that prayer could be as simple as, Father, I love you. Or it could be something that I write out another passage of scripture because hey you can't go wrong praying scripture can't go wrong praying scripture and then sometimes it's a lord i trust you for this day lord i'm struggling here with this particular issue or i've got a person that i'm praying for you name it and i just write it 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 Mm -hmm. doesn't it's sometimes my prayers are long sometimes they can be short, yeah. you know, but it sets my mind. It sets my heart on for, um, the day again and for the, the week practice. ahead. It's the price, it's the, the daily, daily discipline. It's, it, yes. It's just like I eat breakfast in the morning before I go work out. I'll eat a, a, a quick banana or some type of, you know, boost of energy. I'll go work out and I come back and I fix me a big old breakfast. Mm-hmm. Then I fix me a, a good lunch or I eat a lunch with some friends or, you know, I, I'm feeding my body physically with food and I'm feeding my body spiritually with the word, with prayer and with community. Yes. And the way that I started off is with that soap method in, in my journal. So. That's good. Yeah. There's a lot of great books as well that can help. You know, if you really want to um, learn more about disciplines, one of my favorite is Celebration of Discipline. That's a good one. It's a really good book. Yep, that's a good um, book. Um, Spiritual Leadership mm-hmm. by, oh gosh, 
I'm drawing a blank on the author right off. But Spiritual Leadership is a good book. That, um, where I got the SOAP method from, uh-huh. was uh, Wayne Cordero, who is a pastor at a church in Hawaii. Uh, he's written several books, one of which is, um, I believe it was Leading from Empty. And that was where we uh, we took that SOAP method uh-huh. from. So, okay. yeah. So that's it. Yes, we want to encourage you. Just take a, uh, uh, do a checkup of your spiritual life. You know what I'd like to hear? Health of your spiritual life. I would like to hear from people, maybe by email. Yeah. You know, like what are some methods that you use? Yeah. In order to. You know, in your things journaling, or uh-huh. you know, what are some things that you do to help you grow? To help you with discipline. Yeah. Or, oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like that. Now we'll Let have our email. I will have our email in the show notes. But um, thanks for listening. Hey, we love you guys. Hey, do us a favor, if you could. Um, your ratings uh, are are important to us. We appreciate you leaving a, a review for us. But even more, we appreciate it when you share the the podcast and to encourage other people. So thank you guys for sharing. Thank you guys for uh, being a part of our journey yes. on the Court of Three. Uh, we love you. We hope you have a great week. Until later. Bye.